0: Support for NPR and the following message come from Carvana, on a mission to make car buying more convenient and affordable than ever before. In minutes, you can browse thousands of options under $20,000. Visit Carvana.com or download the app today to get started.
1: We have a lot of fun making Ask Me Another, and we're willing to bet that listening to our show brings a smile to your face. We want you to close your eyes and think back to a moment this past year when this show brought you joy. Hold on to that thought. Want to share that feeling? Donate to your station and pay it forward. It will make you feel great and it will make others feel great too. Visit donate.mpr.org AMA to give, and then tell us why you're spreading good vibes this season with hashtag whyPublicRadio. Hey, Jonathan, today on Ask Me Another, we have a guest who's written a book about families. Family trivia speed round. What restaurant's tagline is, when you're here, your family?
0: That is Olive Garden.
1: Correct. Billy, Dolly, Jeffy, and PJ are kids in what newspaper comic? Uh,
0: the Family Circus.
1: That's right. And what's traditionally said at the beginning of a family's Thanksgiving dinner? Nana, that's racist. <laughs>
0: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, and now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. We've got a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage, trading fidget spinners, waiting to play our nerdy games. And our special guest is An actor and an author, Annabel Gerwich, who wrote a book called Wherever You Go, There They Are. It's about her cast of epically dysfunctional relatives, including bootleggers, gamblers, and philanderers. Or, as they're called in Brooklyn, distillers, street musicians, and polyamorists. (laughs) But enough about my improv class. Our first two contestants will play a litigious word game, Objection Overruled. Let's meet them. First up, Hannah Weitzman on buzzer number one. You are one of three non-German speakers at your office. I am. Willkommen. (laughs) That means welcome. (laughs) Your opponent is Robbie Chernow on buzzer number two. You told us that you are, quote, frictionally unemployed.
0: That is correct. Welcome. Thank you very much.
1: Hannah and Rob, the first of you who wins two of our games, will move on to our final round at the end of the show. So this is a word game where Jonathan and I are going to pitch our new paperback book series of legal thrillers. The title of each book is a word or phrase that ends with the word case. So we'll read you the blurb, and you just give us the title.
0: For example, if I said, The plaintiff wears pinstripe, The defendant wears herringbone, And the future of boxy luggage is at stake, You would answer the suitcase.
1: Let's do it. Here we go. Feathers and memory foam collide in this hypoallergenic thrill ride when a key piece of neck supporting evidence is covered up. <phone rings> Robbie. Pillowcase. That is correct. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a real snore. <laughs> <laughs> a
0: heart-pounding page turner centered on a precedent-setting defamation case, Pistachio versus Pecan. And the question is is anyone here in their right mind? Hannah.
1: Nutcase. That's right. Uh, by the way, we are aware that pistachios and pecans are technically droop seeds. So, listeners, uh, please stop trolling us on Tinder. <laughs> After several appeals, poet E.E. E. Cummings goes to the highest court in the land to overturn the government's mandate to capitalize his own name. Robbie.
0: Uppercase, or lowercase? Lowercase. Lowercase,
1: lowercase. that's correct, yeah. He would have hated
0: autocorrect for that reason. <laughs> in a story that's already won an Oscar, a Tony, and a Webby, a family is torn apart over custody of an award statue display cabinet. Robbie. Trophy case. That's right.
1: Does one display a webby? I don't know. Is there even a real trophy? There is. It's not just a digital trophy
0: that you get emailed and you print (laughs) it out if you
1: want? Tensions escalate when the courthouse elevator goes out of order. Can three out-of-shape attorneys climb 19 flights to file a legal brief before the deadline? Robbie. Staircase. That's right. One of them was always one step ahead.
0: Let your imagination take <laughs> flight. I just made that that's up. good. That's good. <laughs> it's a good story. This is your last clue. Two military experts serving in an embassy set diplomacy aside and sue each other. The dispute? Who gets to keep this thin, French-sounding, document-holding case? Hannah.
2: Attaché case?
1: Correct. And we were discussing the difference between a briefcase and an attaché case, right, Art? We were discussing it.
3: And what is the difference? Turns out an attaché case splits exactly in half, and both sides are about equal depth. Or a briefcase, there's clearly a container side and a lid side. You're welcome. Yeah, good. Good to you know.
0: Go.
3: <laughs> Huzzaker, Archung, how did our contestants do? Robbie, congratulations. You're one step closer to the final round. Coming up, we'll play an audio quiz
1: with the most sound effects you've heard on public radio since Steve Inskeep's Morning Zoo comedy show. Let's check in with our contestants. Hannah, you also love to cross-stitch. I do. I do love that. <laughs> so you've made stuff for all of your friends. Yes. And your family. Most of them, yes. And now you're moving on to basic acquaintances? Yep. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, it's, it's office people that I will never meet, um, like their children. Okay, you I know? was just like,
1: what is a basic acquaintance as, like as opposed to an advanced acquaintance? Yeah,
2: just kind of... You know, my uh, coworker, I made one for her baby, and then her nine year old said, I want one too,
1: so I said, okay.
3: <laughs> Can I have a cross stitch?
1: Sure, Robbie. <laughs> I feel like you have enough. <laughs> Robbie, part of your Instagram life went viral uh, because you went to a bachelor party weekend alone. Yes. Sort of by accident.
0: By accident. I landed in the morning on Thursday, and everyone, including The Bachelor, was supposed to fly in Thursday afternoon, and due to weather, all of their flights were canceled. (laughs) But most of the tickets were bought for sporting events and reservations were made. (laughs) And I really had nothing else to do for a few days. (laughs) So I had the bachelor party by myself.
1: <laughs> so you, you document the whole thing. Did you have a good time?
0: Oh, I had a great time. <laughs> Jake's bachelor party was the best thing that ever happened. To me.
1: <laughs> so we have an audio quiz called Name That Sound. We're going to play a famous sound effect or piece of production music, and I'm going to give you three possible names for that sound. You buzz in and tell me the real name of the sound effect. Robbie, you won the last game, so you win this, and you go right to the final round. Hannah, you need to win this, or we're going to put speakers in your shoes that go, don't, every time you take a step. <laughs> First up, the sound that blows your ears out before a THX certified movie. I want popcorn. Is that called A, Earstorm, B, Deep Note, or C, Soundgasm? Hannah. A? Earstorm. Yes. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Can you steal Robbie? Uh, Deep Note, B? Deep Note is correct. Yeah, it's called Deep Note. From 1991 to 2002, this song played during NBA games on NBC. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds so happy. That sounds very exciting. What is that called? Is that A, Round Ball Rock, B, Slam Dunk Jam, or C, Courtside Blast? Hannah. I would say B, the... Slam Dunk Jam? Yes. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. (laughs) But I'm glad you buzzed in. Robbie, can you steal? Uh, I'll go with C. Courtside Blast? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. The answer was round ball rock. Ah. Ah. I know. It sounds like it's written by people who've never seen a game of basketball, doesn't it?
0: Or people who don't know that all balls are round is the other.
1: <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Can you identify this Mac computer error noise? Is it called oopsies, B pixie shout, or C sosumi? Robbie, B pixie shout. That is incorrect. Hannah, can you steal? Oopsies? Oh, you'd think so.
4: Oh, really?
1: (laughs) But it's actually, so sue me. Uh, It's a jab at the Beatles record company Apple because they threatened to sue Apple Computer if they released anything that sounded musical under the name Apple. (laughs) I don't know who won, but I don't feel sorry for either team.
0: (laughs) I mean, they're all doing okay. <laughs> yeah, it fine. Turned, out, turned out fine for all of them.
1: This is the theme song to Project Runway. Oh. Wow, is right. I to say
0: <laughs> why do they have a theme song that sounds like a cat is getting murdered? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the challenge was fur. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is it called A, disaster transport, B, get plastered, or C, who is this woman? Robbie. A. A, disaster transport is incorrect. I'm sorry. Hannah, can you steal? Uh, Who is this woman? (laughs) (laughs) It's actually B, get plastered. (laughs) Right. John Williams composed this theme to NBC's Meet the Press. John Williams can't he just leave some work for someone else? Yeah, I know. Does he have to kill it every time? I know. I know. Is that called A the Pulse of Events? B First Amendment Suite or C Anthem of Deceit? Robbie.
3: Uh A pulse of events. That
1: is correct. <laughs> Puzzler Archung, how did our contestants do?
3: Hannah, we're sorry to see you go. Robbie, congratulations. You're moving on to the final round.
1: Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Robbie in our final round at the end of the show, and I'll talk to Annabel Gerwich, whose new book is called Wherever You Go, There They Are, Stories About Her Dysfunctional Family. Uh, if I wrote a book about my family, I'd call it Wherever You Go, We'll Judge, But We'll Never Visit. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: On NPR's Throughline. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host,
1: Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, our contestant Robbie won his way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who he will face off against. But first, it's time to welcome our special guest. She's an actress, an author, and one of the original hosts of TBS's Dinner and a Movie. Her latest book is called Wherever You Go, There They Are Stories About My Family You Might Relate to. Please welcome Annabelle Gerwich. Welcome, Hello. welcome. Thank you. Uh, so, Annabelle, you have had yes. a lot of jobs in entertainment. Uh, as an actress, you appeared, I mean, on Seinfeld, Murphy Brown. I was surprised, though, looking at all of your accomplishments, mm-hmm. that you also wrote two episodes of Thundercats. Oh!
5: I did. I did. I did. Um, that was like my first job after being a mime on the street, uh, passing out Are flyers. So my friend was working for the company that produced Thundercats, and I think there was maybe some weed smoking involved when I said, <laughs> we could do this. <laughs> I, we could write this stuff. And so we wrote these two scripts. I had no idea what I was doing. No, I, I mean, just no idea. You just but watched
1: as much as you could exactly. of the Thundercats Oov.
5: That's right. That's uh, right. That's exactly. There is an oove uh, yeah. to it. See, the thing was the swords... They would say, thun, thun, thundercats, ho! And then their swords would grow. And it was, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. it was, you know, I mean, you know. Okay. Was, I didn't start writing again until many years later. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, well, this new Mm -hmm. book is really about the, it's the nitty-gritty of your family's roots.
5: Well, yeah. So, you know, the premise was, no matter how hard you try to escape your crazy family, you just end up in another crazy family. That's true. No one from my family is speaking to me now. Okay. I've written this book. So I only have chosen family now.
1: Your dad was someone that was obsessed with get-rich-quick schemes,
5: Yes, it's true. He had all these ideas for businesses, right? So he had uh, he had insurance business. He was in real estate. Uh, he had art galleries. His silver mines. At one point, he was in the soft core porn business, distribution business. And in high school, I wrote the copy to the movies. That was like my job. There was. Uh, It it wasn't like that. Preparing
1: you for a future in writer of Thundercats. Exactly.
5: Yeah. But it was more like the thing was they were really like exploitation movies. They really they were and they were very disappointing to people who came to see them, so. I never actually saw these movies. I just saw the artwork, right? <laughs> so the poster was like a woman, and she had on like kind of like sexy chaps, and she had a, a, a riding crop. So I'm 17, and so I write the radio copy, which said, In the house she was a lady, but in the stable she was a <laughs> animal. It's <laughs> was like, great. How does that sound, dad? So that was. And how much would you get paid? Not enough, well, yeah, for that kind of That's creativity. Pretty, yeah. That's
1: like got comedy in it, wordplay, totally. But and and because of him, him owing money and being in yes. shady deals, you guys actually had to get up and move oh, from yeah. one part of the, You were in Alabama, you had to move to Delaware.
5: Yes, you know, we were we were kind of like you know one day we're riding around in the Rolls Royce with the mahogany pull down uh, trays, and then the next we were uh, homeless, living with my aunt uncle. No, it was kind of an itinerant. Childhood. Childhood, and you know what does that lead you to a career in show business? Well, I was going to say, you'd
1: think you would what? seek stability, that and become, you know, like some uh, I don't know. Like- you would.
5: Well, my sister is an attorney; ah. she became that person, and for some reason, I was like, I'm used to the circus; <laughs> I'm sticking with it. I don't know why. Now, you were saying that you yes. also you you can't escape your
1: family because you also will recreate them with. New people. That's,
5: yeah, that's right. You find I mean, your own tribe. That's right. So it's really about you know um, the narrative of the book. It's a, it's it's a collection of essays, but there is a narrative which is leaving my family behind and going out and looking for you know my people as as you do. And of course, my first people were the theater tribe. Sure, people. And the- somewhere
1: along the line,
5: you decided that it was a UFO cult. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to appear marginally intelligent here, but I was, when I was in the UFO cult, which I was in, you know, it was the 1980s and everybody was like meditating or doing this new agey stuff. And I met the psychic who told this group of people, I know, you're looking at me. Well, you I love that you're like, it was a, the 80s, it was everyone kind of had a UFO cult. I you know. <laughs> I had watched a lot of sci-fi growing up. So when we were told that we were this reincarnation of a pharaoh's family and that we were in communication with the aliens who were communicating through a computer buried under the poles and that we were going to be part of the first uh, contact and taken back to the home planet, you know, it it sounded all very reasonable. (laughs) Um, But I actually suspect that I am not the reincarnation (laughs) of a princess (laughs) from the 18th dynasty.
1: (laughs) Another one of your books uh, is called Fired, which is a collection of famous people's stories about getting fired. uh, You were inspired to collect these stories after you were fired by Woody Allen. So what was it about that particular situation that was so traumatic or I don't know? uh, Yeah. Was it traumatic? Uh, I would say
5: traumatic and transformational. Mm. So um, the thing was I sucked in front of my comedy idol at the time. It was that thing, that moment of uh, expectations meeting reality, like at that moment in time, I thought he was like my comedy idol, and he thought that I was terrible. But... I realized that, you know, um, my story about being fired by by Woody Allen was really a great way of getting people to tell their stories. When I said, you know, I was fired by Woody Allen, then people would tell me their stories. And so I did a sort of Studs Terkel kind of thing where I went around the country and I asked people their stories about being fired. Like uh, Paul Feig, who directed uh, Ghostbusters and um, Bridesmaids Bridesmaids, and everything funny with women in it. Yeah. And uh, like he was fired from being the Ronald McDonald because he w- he was terrible at it. Or one of my favorite comedians Dana Gould was fired from the Dana Gould show <laughs> three times pilots with his own name. He said by the end he had no character. He was playing a weather front. <laughs> so I just, I just love these stories. And what they were really about was about how you have to pick yourself up and go on after what you might consider to be a really big failure. And that helped me to hone what I think is, if I have a voice, it's the idea of the dissonance between your expectations and the reality. And that's the premise of that book. And then this book about family and why. Why do we always think when people say, oh, it's such a great thing, they treat us like family. That's when we should run in the other direction. (laughs) Well, because people should really say their business. We'll treat you like friends. Yeah. Right. Yep.
1: Are you ready to play and ask me another challenge? Yes. Yes, of course you are. Yes, I am. Okay. Oh, Animal Gurwitch, everybody, give her a round of applause. Okay. So, for many years, you co-hosted TBS's Dinner and a Movie. I did. Uh, So that's where a movie played on basic cable while you cooked a recipe that was inspired by the movie. Did you watch all the movies beforehand to try to figure out the recipe?
5: Yes, I saw like the worst movies of the 80s and 90s. See, the whole thing was TBS had this huge old library of movies that nobody cared about at this point. But they didn't even know what we were doing. They just gave us a studio and then I would invite friends over like Janine Garofalo or Jeff Garland or Bob Odenkirk. And people would just come and then they caught on a couple years into it. <laughs> that they, they had a hit. Yes. So one of
1: the things that yes. we loved... Uh, with dinner in a movie is the punny recipe names. Uh. For example, for Ghostbusters, the recipe was called I Ain't Afraid of No Roast. So in this game, we're going to give you the title of a film. You have to tell us the name of the real dinner and a movie recipe based on that film. And if you do well enough, listener Delfina Kopacki from Portland, Oregon, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube.
5: I'm going to try. I, I think it's going to be great. I sort of had to, like, excise those puns. I had a panectomy or something. <laughs> it was... There you go. Yeah. Guess what?
1: It's multiple choice.
5: Oh, yes. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Great. Okay, here's your first one. For basic instinct, the recipe was called A, Sharon Stone crab cakes, B, flash fried (laughs) psychokra.
5: Oh, you're (laughs) really making
1: that sound good. And C, Michael Douglas asparagus with bacon. Which one? I'm going to
5: say it's Sharon Stone crab cakes. Yeah, that's right. That was the recipe.
1: But I'm sure you considered uncrossed chicken thighs. Uh I didn't write the movie. Yeah. All right. For nine to five, was it Jane Fondue? (laughs) B, what a way to make a liver? (laughs) Or C, male chauvinist pig? It was male chauvinist pig. It sure was. For Roadhouse, was it a bar brawl, booyah bays, b I used to roast duck with guys like you in prison, <laughs> or c Patrick Swayze's cracked ribs and black-eyed peas? Patrick Swayze's cracked ribs and black-eyed peas. Yum yum <laughs> yeah. For City Slickers, was it a mad cowboy chili, b the legend of Curly's fries? Or see, I carp bigger than you.
5: It was the mad cowboy chili. <laughs> okay. Yes, it was. <laughs> we, yeah. We were, um, for some reason, like we were really heavy on the beef back in those. I don't know why, but we just did a lot of beef eating in, back in that day. For the dinner. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah, just thinking about it.
3: Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our special guest do? Congratulations, Annabelle. You and listener Delfina Kopaki both win. Ask me another Rubik's Cubes.
1: Annabelle's latest book is called Wherever You Go, There They Are, stories about my family you might relate to. Give it up one more time for Annabelle Gurwitz. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook and Twitter. Our next two contestants will play a game about reality TV, or as it's now called, the presidency. Let's meet them. First up, Emily Mannix on buzzer number one. You are a social media manager for the women's lifestyle website, Refinery29.
4: Welcome. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you.
1: Your opponent is Tina Weber on buzzer number two. You're a video producer for Martha Stewart's website. Welcome. Sure is. Remember, Emily and Tina, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game. Emily, what reality competition show do you think you could win?
4: The Great British Bake Off.
1: You're a great baker.
4: No, I I mean, I think I'm good at pretending to be British sometimes. Okay, yeah. Sometimes.
1: Depending on the beverage situation?
4: Yeah, I mean, you got to get Mary Berry Sauced, you're in. (laughs) <laughs> she's, a, she's a host on the... No yeah. one? No one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. She actually isn't hosting it anymore, so I want the record to state that I am aware of that.
1: Okay, yeah. I know, this is a contemporary show, and you are an influencer. Tina, what reality competition show do you think you could win? If there is an amateur chopped,
2: like a home chopped, like that, <laughs> that would probably be the one.
1: Right, exactly. Like, what would that be, amateur chopped? It's not Worst Cooks in America,
2: but it's not... It's somewhere in between. It's not MasterChef. You know, it's like... Right. Middle of the... I'm sure there's a game. Yeah, that's uh, a good... That's a perfect name. Middle of the Road Chopped. Yeah. There it is. There's Chopped
4: Junior, but I think you don't meet the age requirement. That's an age
2: thing, right? That's
1: an age thing, yeah.
4: This is going to be...
2: There's a lot
0: of shade. (laughs) A lot of shade being (laughs) thrown up here.
1: Your first game is called Reverse Reality. In this game, Jonathan and I imagine what happens when you play a reality show... In reverse, for instance, we know that everyone becomes more likable. Puzzler R. Chung, why don't you give us an example?
3: If we said 20 ragged civilians come to an island one by one, welcomed by Jeff Probst as he says his famous catchphrase, spoken has tribe the, you'd answer survivor.
1: Got it. The Yoda oh. version. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. A man breaks off his engagement with his fiance, then brings 20 other women one week at a time to live in his house taking roses from each of them along the way. Emily. Bachelor. The bachelor's correct, yeah.
0: A multimillionaire pulls his investment from a startup company, then makes the plucky entrepreneur pitch his product to his rich friends anyway. Emily. Shark Tank. Shark Tank is right.
1: Vandals led by Ty Pennington break into a beautiful new home belonging to a deserving family and completely destroy it. (laughs) Then they build the family a much uglier house. (laughs) Tina. Extreme makeover, home edition. Yes, that is correct.
0: (laughs) Three amateur bakers leave a bucolic picnic, passing bouquets... And a glass cake plate to a pair of British comedians. The bakers go into a tent where they spend months reverse engineering baked goods into batters and doughs. Tina, Great British Bake Off. That's correct. <laughs> oh my God, Emily is so mad right now. Sorry, not sorry. Emily cannot even believe that you just
2: did that, Tina. I was really focusing on, you know, buzzing and. At the right time. Yes.
4: There are no words, so... (laughs) I've let Mary Berry down.
1: (laughs) She's really proud of you still. Who's no longer on the show, so it's
2: fine.
4: Yeah, you're
1: (laughs) Two young people meet each other in person for the first time. They split apart, move to different cities, and start an online relationship where one of them pretends to be a different person. (laughs) Tina. This is my favorite show. Catfish.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Why is that your favorite show? Um, It makes my husband super uncomfortable to watch people being embarrassed, and I enjoy watching him feel uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Romance finds itself in different ways.
0: At a restaurant, a bunch of silverware and dishes are scattered on the floor. Teresa picks them up, sets the table, and becomes less and less angry at Danielle. Emily.
4: Uh, We're the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Yeah,
0: you got it.
1: This is your last clue. Four singing coaches sit in chairs that cause them to rotate 180 degrees and forget what the contestants look like. (laughs) Tina, the voice.
3: That is correct.
1: Yes. (laughs) Puzzleger, Archung, how did our contestants do? It was
3: a close game. Tina, well done. You're one step closer to our final round. (laughs)
1: If you memorize pie to pie places, then you should be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org to find out how and learn about our two upcoming road shows in Los Angeles. Coming up, we'll meet today's mystery guest. I wonder if she has an unusual job or an unusual business. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you.
6: I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust.
1: Voices that resonate. (laughs) Stories that change the way you think about your life. How, How did we get here? The Embedded podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people
2: usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A, but on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR, where I invite actors, artists, and comedians
3: to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR.
6: Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country, but from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Emily and Tina. Soon they'll play a musical game where rock and roll meets retail. But first, let's check in. Emily, your actual job title is Influencer Campaign Manager. Correct. Give me one of your favorite campaigns.
4: Um, I worked with Instagram famous dogs on a Volvo campaign. And I got to give people a Volvo for a weekend and have them take pictures of their dogs with a car.
1: And you were very happy with the oh, results? I mean,
4: I mean, it's kind of the best email you get. You're like, oh, let me look at some content of puppies. Cool.
1: Your opponent, Tina, also works, you know, influencing culture. You are, uh, you know, producing Martha Stewart's videos. So yeah. I guess you learn a lot of I learned, decorating yep. tips, DIY stuff. All right, what's
2: one good one that you've maybe applied to your life? Oh, man. I learned that if you're going to have an area rug, it's either furniture all on the rug feet wise or not on the rug at all it's not in between that is just passe that's not good
1: wow <laughs> wow well, it's very
2: essential information <laughs> that's good you know?
1: to know I have to hire some movers yeah <laughs> okay I feel like I, my couch might be half on half off because you know, I, I
0: wanted to make the just rug just running through I all, all like, my rugs and furniture and I feel I, like I, I, feel I made like some mistakes
1: that's
2: something refinery 29 might recommend you know Oh. They're, like, more new age and, like, more edgy and, like, we're very more classic. I'm
1: like, oh. Okay. We're just a little more old school. I have lost track of what exactly is going on. So let's go to your next game. It's the best mall musical since Phantom of the Dress Barn.
0: <laughs> I apologize in advance. We rewrote songs by Hall & to be about stores at the mall. Just buzz in to identify the story that I'm singing about, and if you're correct, you can earn a bonus point by naming the original song.
1: Okay, Tina, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're in the final round. Emily, you need to win this, or we'll make you forget where you parked your car, <laughs> so you have to walk around until everyone else leaves. All right, here we go.
0: Everybody's high on cinnamon sugar. Everybody's trying to tell me, get that... Twisted bread, yeah She's not my uncle, but she's got nuggets And a dip in sauce Make
4: it cheese, I said Emily? Auntie Anne's, the pretzels Auntie Anne's,
0: the pretzels, that's right Uh, Do you know the song for an additional bonus point?
4: God, no, I was totally not listening
0: Yeah that was She's Gone. There's not a cheer made to claim. Don't hear no horsey name. Need a new couch. But I don't have the clout. Break it, you buy it. Ooh, I'd pick up this face but they'd probably kick me out. <laughs> Tina? Is
2: it West Elm?
0: That is a pretty good guess, but that's incorrect. Emily, do you want to take a Pottery guess? Pottery Barn? It is Pottery Barn. You're right. Yeah. And do you know the song?
4: Um, oh, there she goes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Watch out, boy, she'll... Yeah, yeah. Maneater? She yeah. Maneater. You got it.
0: <laughs> Here's another one. When I am keen to dress like a teen toward here I lean if I want a sex toy, that's Spencer's scene. But for my pop culture eye, I, I will shop here. Why? Because I need a new Ramones T-shirt. Because I need a tight golf mini skirt. But is this really rebel stuff? If it's found at the mall. Tina. Hot topic. Hot topic. <laughs> You got it. Do you know the name of the song?
2: Your kiss is on my lips.
1: No. That would make sense. Yeah, no. that's where I, most people would put a kiss. Yeah. Oh.
3: Your kiss is on my list. Is the name oh, of the song. Oh, please. Kiss yeah. on my lips.
1: I know.
2: I know. No one knows that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, come on, Art. Nobody knows that. Well, it's bright out, and I'm starting to squint To this tiny mall shelter I will go I need my Ray-Bans when it gets sunny Why are these Ray-Bans so much (laughs) money? Tina. Sunglass Hut. Sunglass Hut. That's right.
2: I know this song.
0: Yeah, what's the song? It's
2: Poor Boy. Just kidding. Go. Rich Girl. Rich Girl.
1: That's right. Would she shop at Sunglass Hut? No, I can't. She would shop at Sunglasses Hut Mm. because she would have gone to a good school and she would have understood grammar. That's right.
0: That's right. Sunglass Hut is just like a monocle store?
1: (laughs) Just the one. (laughs) (laughs) Do they make uh, like sunglass monocles? Oh, they are now. (laughs) It's a great idea. uh, You can't see it all through your other eye? It's a clip-on that you put on the monocle. Just a little (laughs) clip-on shade. little
0: little clip-on shade for your monocle. That's right. All right. If you want a watch, a mini helicopter, come on in early adopter. Besides chairs I sold here. Yeah, yeah. But well, we've got the stock shopper image listed, but they've gone and we persisted to so buy your gadgets here. Oh yeah. Tina Brookstone. Brookstone, that's right. And do you know the song?
2: You make my dreams come true. Yes, yes,
0: yes that is correct. This is your last clue. Well, I, I I'll buy vitamins if they tell me so. Oh, yeah. I, 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 by body building stuff to make my muscles grow. Whoa, oh, oh, a oh. three initial name. Whoa, oh, oh. whoa, must be good. I'm here to reclaim oh, oh. my manhood. A three initial name, initial name, initial name, initial name. Emily.
4: GNC, and I can't go for that.
0: Yeah, wow. Right into the bonus points. Displaying a lot of confidence there. I like it.
3: Art Chung, how did our contestants do? We have a tie. So here's your tiebreaker. Hands on your buzzers. Part of a national park, Independence Mall can be found in what city, which is also where Hall and Oates met? Emily.
4: Um, Philadelphia? That is correct. Yeah.
3: That means we're tied one game apiece. Oh, that's right. And we're going to a quick game three. I'll give you a category and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. At the end of 2001's Ocean's Eleven, 10 actors, not including George Clooney, leave the Bellagio Fountain one by one. Name the actors Emily, you're first. Matt Damon. That is correct. Tina. Julia Roberts. No, I'm sorry, she's not one of the 10.
4: Okay,
2: well.
3: The other answers were Bernie Mac, Brad Pitt, Carl Reiner, Casey Affleck, Don Cheadle, Eddie Jameson, Elliot Gould, Scott Kahn, and Shabo Chin. Tina, we're sorry to see you go. That means Emily, congratulations, you're moving on to the final round.
1: While Robbie and Emily get ready for our final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest, a stranger is about to come on stage. Jonathan and I have no idea what this person does, what makes them special, or who they are, but our puzzle guru, our Chung, does.
3: That's right. Ophira, you and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our mystery guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself.
7: My name is Jen Glantz, and I own a very unusual business.
3: An unusual business.
1: An unusual
0: okay. business. Uh, does your business involve uh, uh, either food or drink of any kind?
7: No. Does it involve humans? Yes. Lots of humans. Lots of humans.
0: <laughs> Is your business related to uh, the arts in some way?
1: No. Is your business linked to special events or holidays? Yes. Oh, look at that. Special events Little or holidays. door into something. Would I go to you if I were planning a birthday party? No. What kind of weird special events are we talking? Are you in some way providing the people? Yes. Uh oh. Yeah. So yes. You, so you rent people? Yes. Do you rent friends? Yes. You rent friends? Sometimes, yes. Okay, so like a flash mob? Like that kind of thing? No. Okay, so right, you just need people. You need friends. Do you sell followers on Instagram?
7: <laughs> no, but I bought them before. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Is it at all about creating romance or relationships? Yeah. It
3: is. Here's a here's a, I think focus on what type of event maybe. Okay. Is it is it a party? Is it a celebration of some kind?
1: Yes. Okay. Is it something that people in a couple would celebrate? Yes. Okay, is it an anniversary?
7: No. A okay. wedding?
5: Yes. Oh, okay. So, if you're getting married <laughs>
1: Is it like you're getting married and you have no friends and you can get a bunch there?
0: Sort of. Sort of. But specifically what?
1: Interesting. So what oh, peop-
0: bridesmaids and, and
3: groomsmen?
7: Yes. You yes.
3: provide bridesmaids and groomsmen. Jen is a bridesmaid for hire. She started almost three years ago with a Craigslist ad offering her services as a professional bridesmaid. This year, she'll be a bridesmaid at eight weddings and wedding coaches in seven more. And she recently wrote a book about it titled Always a Bridesmaid for Hire.
5: Yes.
1: So why should people have bridesmaids at a wedding? What if they're just like, I don't have any bridesmaids, and that's the way it is?
7: Some people are cool with that, but others want to have a support system at their wedding, so they need someone to step in and say, I'm a professional, let me help you out and be there for you, because weddings are dramatic. They are not a celebration. They are a drama fest. My job is really to go in there and calm things down and make sure the bride doesn't cry, because... There's always tears. Okay,
1: so you're like a PR agent for the bride during the wedding.
7: I like to say on-call therapist because yeah. they need a lot of that.
1: You're a wedding doula.
7: Yes, that is the perfect way of describing this job in a sentence, yes. Okay. Okay. When
1: someone goes, well, what are professional services? What do you offer? And you break it down. What What are, like, you know, give me the three punch points.
7: I've had to be a bodyguard for a bride who fired her maid of honor and was scared she was going to crash the wedding. I had a mother of the bride forget her bra, and I had to take mine off and give it to her. <laughs> I say I'm the on-call therapist, the personal assistant, the social director, and the peacekeeper, because I've never been to a wedding when there wasn't some type of major dramatic situation. Okay,
1: so when the bride's like, I'm not going out, what do you do? I say, let's go. I'll get an Uber.
7: We don't have to get married. I had a bride five (laughs) minutes before she was supposed to get married look at me and say, I hate the groom. I don't want to do this. And I was the person she went to. So I had to really make sure that she was doing the right thing as her stranger in the room. Her hired bridesmaid. Did
0: she leave the wedding?
7: Very long story short, they agreed to go through with it, but they both had the conversation saying this wasn't real. It was just gonna be... Because they had 300 guests waiting for them. So, she did walk down that aisle, but I think she just kept walking right after the wedding ended. Whoa. Wow.
1: So, this is a fun job.
3: And how do you explain who you are to the other bridesmaids or family members?
7: It's a good question. Oftentimes the bride and I have a fake backstory of how we know each other. So I'm not Jen Glance. I'm Jen Smith. I'm Jen whatever from art school, drama class, yoga, whatever. And how has this
1: affected your view of marriage? Would you get married and have a wedding?
7: I will never have a wedding like the ones you see after going to them. I think they're a little bit of a waste of money. I think people do traditions that they have no idea what they're doing. I love marriage. I love love. I want to have a... simple party with pizza and cheap alcohol and a great band and that's it
1: (laughs) it's amazing uh i would have you at my wedding so there you go give it up for our mystery guest jen glantz Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists Emily Mannix, who works with Instagram famous dogs, and Robbie Chernow, who went viral when he was the only one at his friend's bachelor party. <laughs> Puzziger Archung, take it away.
3: Thanks, Sophia. Emily and Robbie, your final round is called On the DL. Every answer will be two words. The first one starts with D, the second one starts with L. So, for example, if I said he hosted his final episode of Late Show in May 2015, you'd answer David Letterman. We're playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and an autographed copy of Annabelle Gervich's book, Wherever You Go, There They Are. We roll a 20-sided die backstage, and Robbie is going first. Here we go. Robbie. In 1903, Missouri and Massachusetts were the first states to issue this document to motor vehicle operators. Driver's license. That is correct. Emily, Tenzin Gyatso is the 14th person known by this holy title.
4: The Dalai Lama. Correct.
3: Robbie, it's an extreme kissy face selfie pose. Duck lips. That's right. Emily, Pixar's logo features this animated object, which appeared in its short film, Luxo Jr.,
4: A desk lamp?
3: That's correct. Robbie, this Mexican actor starred in Itumama Tambien and Rogue One. Daisy Lewis. That is incorrect. (laughs) We were looking for Diego Luna. Emily, this term for dark or salacious secrets is also the name of two different songs by Kelly Rowland and Don Henley.
4: Dark and salacious secrets.
3: Uh, Three seconds. seconds
4: the down low no this was the dl
3: sorry the answer we are looking for was dirty laundry robbie according to the kids song it's the street where the muffin man lives jury lane that's correct Drury lane emily the arthur murray studio famously offers this
4: dance lessons
3: that's correct we're at the halfway point the game is tied at three points each all right robbie a table with sides that can be folded down to save space Drop legs. No, I'm sorry. We were were looking for drop leaf. That's the term. Sorry. Emily, a band featuring one-armed drummer Rick Allen.
4: Jeff Leopard. That is correct.
3: Robbie, it's Michigan's NFL team.
0: The Detroit Lions? That's
3: correct. Emily, this 1988 film earned Oscar nominations for Glenn Close and Michelle Pfeiffer.
4: Dangerous Liaisons. That is correct.
3: Well done. Robbie, she sang Cool for the Summer and covered I Will Survive for the Angry Birds movie. Three seconds. Diana Lorick.: Sorry, we were looking for Demi Lovato. Here's the situation. The score is five to four. Emily, if you get this question right, you win. This Cub Scout supervisory position requires a person to be at least 21 years old. Den Leader. That's right.
4: Congratulations.
1: Congratulations, Emily. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Slug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now, Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Eric Feinstein, Matthew Foster, and senior writers Karen Lurie and J. Keith Van Stratton. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzif, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Kurt Van Zant, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Akabe, and David Hurtkin. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Hill Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're revisiting some of our favorite games about movies. So get ready to buy some raisinettes from CVS and hide them in your purse. Because we have an interview with the writer, director, actor, producing brothers Jay and Mark Duplass, and games about film, soundtracks, and so much more. So join me, Ophira Eisberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we have very important people on our show and then ask them about very unimportant things. Here's U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen.
3: Uh, we are also
1: reliably informed that among your enthusiasms, in addition to a
6: macroeconomic policy, is mobile games.
5: Uh, there is some truth in that.
6: There's some truth in that. Join us for the NPR podcast that considers all the other things. That's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. On It's Been a Minute, we're keeping you in the know when it comes to culture. I break down the latest trends and the forces behind them and introduce you to the creatives who think deeply about how we live today. Come for some good old cultural analysis and have a few laughs with me. Listen to the It's Been a Minute podcast from NPR.